0: welcome to the inaugural episode of the ben sawyers nba show here on kxua 88.3 fm the eclectic destination of the ozarks and the student-led radio station here at the university of arkansas i've got a slew of topics for you all today so thank you for tuning in let's get right into it So the first topic for today, I'm going to get into the top three of both the Eastern and Western Conference standings. Now for the East, let's get into that. The 76ers sit atop the East. We've got two players on that team who have been performing particularly well in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Let's get into Ben Simmons first. Ben Simmons' game is immaculate. Of course, beside the three-point shooting, a lot of people have criticized that. But other than that, his play on both ends of the floor both as an offensive powerhouse driving into the paint with his size against smaller guards and as a defender where he can outsize people from the point guard position up into the power forward in some cases uh ben simmons is really an all-star level talent and of course he was named to the all-star team this year uh hard to argue that he does not have a profound effect on this team. And him and Joel's uh, duo dynamic duo really here in Philadelphia. I mean, you could even argue it's a twin towers situation where there are just two people who clog that paint and defend, but Joel Embiid, let's get into him. He's been playing at an MVP caliber level. It's undeniable. He's averaging a double double with near 30 points per game. Uh, Another player that we can get into is Tobias Harris, who has actually been playing to his contract, playing to the expectations that he had last season for him, where we thought he was going to be a scoring powerhouse like he was for the Clippers. Did not meet that last season. Did not defend particularly well. Still not the best on that defensive end. But this season, he's really grown into his own on the offensive end of the court. He's really meshed with the team where... They're winning basketball. I mean, it's clear, sitting atop the number one spot in the East with that competition with the Nets and the Bucks and the Celtics and even the Knicks this year, which we'll get into, uh, it's a lot for them. It's a big accomplishment for them to be sitting atop that Eastern Conference. And number two, we have the previously mentioned Brooklyn Nets. Of course, they've got the three-player all-star team of Kevin Durant James Harden and Kyrie Irving who I'm pretty sure if you just sent all three of them out on the floor they could win a few games against some of these teams uh but they also have Joe Harris who's of note and uh some other players I mean DeAndre Jordan has been playing fairly well this season he's been playing probably to his contract which is a veteran contract at this point point. and defensively he's been one of their brighter spots Because ultimately, they do not have the benefit of size on their side. So, the Brooklyn Nets, I think there's not much to say about them other than they're good. James Harden leads the league in assists. He's, of course, one of the league's leading scorers as well. But seeing he can do both passing and uh, scoring is a shock to some NBA fans who just saw him on that Houston team as a ball-dominant guard who just picked it up, took it down the court, and scored no matter what, step-backs, drawing fouls, going to the free-throw line. It is an evolution of his game that he's taken to the next step, and he is the second-best player, I would say, on this team. It's arguable he could even be the first over Kevin Durant, but I would not go as far to argue that. Kevin Durant, of course, going with him, he's been performing pretty well this season as well, leading the NBA All-Star in voting. And he is the leader of that team there. Uh, but Kevin Durant, I mean, I it really, it's so sad to say, but again, he is injured going into this All-Star break. We will not be able to see him in the All-Star game. But I think he's saving himself for better things. He is going to be in that playoff picture, hopefully, uh, barring any other injuries. And I'm looking forward to that. Now, Kyrie Irving, who has historically been criticized by the media, is also coming into his own on this team. Arguably, the third best third best player, excuse me, um, he's really stepped up his game to where he is more like that Kyrie we saw on the Cleveland Cavaliers with um, LeBron James. He is a second in command, but second in command in this case to the powerhouse that is James Harden and Kevin Durant together. As teammates, uh, losing Kevin Durant has not cost them any games, really. They've been playing into that second seed in the East, and I only see them going to top the 76ers coming here in the future because they are a great team offensively and they're coming to their own defensively. That's one of the struggles and worries uh, fans had for them, but they're getting better. And once you get Kevin Durant back, especially, and they've that's gonna help Kevin Durant led the league in blocks at one point with the the uh, Golden State Warriors and when he left them the Warriors dropped to around uh, the bottom of the league in uh, blocked shots Kevin Durant does affect good defense and I think it's important to note that going into number three is the Milwaukee Bucks in this Eastern Conference sitting at uh, 22 wins and 14 losses the Bucks I have high hopes for Drew Holiday is a great point guard, and I was so glad they got him in the offseason. Uh, Drew is, of course, a two-way powerhouse. He is defensively always on, and he is always on an offense as well. I mean, he can make the right pass. He's a tenured guard who just does everything right, and it's really hard to ever see him mess up in a game. And, of course, if you pair that – with the talent that is Chris Middleton, who can knock it down on threes, and, of course, the irreverent uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is always omnipresent in our minds, the Greek freak. Uh, It's hard to argue that the Bucs won't go far in this playoff push. I hope to see them in that Eastern Conference Finals, hopefully against the 76ers or the Nets. But who knows? Uh, This Bucs team has a lot of competition in this top heavy Eastern Conference, I say top heavy because top has is winning uh, 24 and 12 with the 76ers, and the bottom is 10 and 26 with the Pistons. Very lopsided. I mean, even in the eighth seed, you have uh, the Raptors playing below 500 basketball. Uh, very hard to see when the Western Conference, you've got the eighth seed playing above 500 basketball. So let's shift over to that Western Conference sitting at number one and two and three. A lot of teams people would not expect. Uh, Number one is the Utah Jazz. Uh, The Jazz have been playing out of their minds. Mike Conley is playing to his contract level. He is an offensive powerhouse. Of course, he is another tenured guard, one of my favorite guards, who uh, just knows what to do, knows what plays to make, and he contributes to winning night in and night out. And of course, you have Rudy Gobert, who's in contention for the Defensive Player of the Year spot. He is an All Star in his own right. Donovan Mitchell, as well, one of the elite young talents in the league, who immediately contributes to winning. And then you have the role players like uh, a, a Boyan Bogdanovich and a uh, you know Joe Ingles, who contribute to winning, especially behind the arc. And three point range is kind of their uh, three point range, excuse me, is their wheelhouse. Now, at number two, one that a lot of people did not expect, given they were out of the playoffs last season, even after going 8-0 in the bubble, the Phoenix Suns. They, of course, got Chris Paul in the offseason from the Oklahoma City Thunder, offering a lot of trade assets, sending more and more trade assets over to the Thunder, who already have an arsenal of first-round picks. Um, But this Suns team is really good. Chris Paul is, of course, kind of the leader on this team now. And it's hard to argue otherwise. He's immediately contributed to them winning games, which they did not do necessarily last year with just Devin Booker. Devin Booker is, of course, also contributing to wins, earning an all-star nod with Anthony Davis being out, was not elected to that initial all-star team. Chris Paul was, though. Chris Paul one night got 19 assists in uh, in a double-double night, and um, it's hard to argue that he's just not the reason they are winning course also on that Suns team is deandre Ayton, the young center who averages a double double as well he's an immaculate defender just because of his length and shot blocking ability you also have uh M- Mikael bridges who is a dunking talent and can also defend with the length he's got a great wingspan for defending and this Suns team is one to look out for uh, before i forget to mention also they have jay crowder who is one of my favorite players who also contributes to winning. He's one of those bulldogs and they've really built a culture of winning there at the Phoenix Suns organization, sitting atop the number three Los Angeles Lakers, a surprise to most uh, casual fans because they are actually missing Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, of course, contributes to their winning. He's the second best player on that team. And when you're without him, all of the responsibility for winning is kind of shirked onto LeBron James who is aging like a fine wine, (laughs) especially in terms of basketball. When um, you take into account his production, I mean, it's hard to argue that he is not a great player. He is one of the greatest players of our generation. And even without Anthony Davis, these Lakers are still winning games. Uh, And that's a great sign that they can win without AD. But if they don't get him back soon, I can see them dropping a few more of these high contention games. Now moving over to the NBA All-Star game, you have uh, Team LeBron versus Team Durant in this uh, season of the All-Star game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Team LeBron has this in the bag. Let's look at the starting lineup for Team LeBron, and I think it'll speak for itself. Of course, it's LeBron James himself. Steph Curry, MVP, Steph Curry, MVP, LeBron James. Another MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, two of those rim-running forwards, one of them an elite-level shooter and scorer, especially from beyond the arc and deep range. Uh, Then you have Luka Doncic, who, of course, is an elite-level scorer, elite-level passer. Uh, Future MVP in the league is my prediction. Then you have Nikol Jokic, another elite level talent of course is what you expect from all-star starters anyway but Nikola Jokic an amazing passer I mean he doesn't get the nickname the Joker for nothing he can make those passes and I see this team meshing well I mean you can have Jokic or Doncic pass it to any of the three players you can have him lob it up to LeBron or a Giannis to knock down a dunk attempt an alley-oop um or you can throw it anywhere on the court to where Steph Curry can uh hit a 3 which let's be f- for real i mean Steph Curry can hit a 3 from anywhere on the court Luka Doncic can also hit his step back Nikola Jokic is a crafty scorer in his own right as long as this team <laughs> as long as this team can play offense which i'm very certain they can uh they will win Coming off their bench though is Jalen Brown, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, DeMontis Sabonis, and Ben Simmons. All of them, of course, elite players in their own rights as well. Paul George performing better this season. Uh, Rudy Gobert, of course, in the number one team. Damian Lillard putting up like 40 points a night in these past five games, almost. Uh, I mean, he's playing out of his mind going into the all-star break, and I definitely think he'll bring it. The all-star game is not a place for any defense, so having this many scorers on your team is just a good move. Uh, Then we can look at Team Durant, of course, missing Kevin Durant because he will be out, as I mentioned earlier. DeMontis Abonis is actually filling in for him in the Eastern Conference, but on this team is Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Bradley Beal in that starting lineup. Bradley Beal will be able to get you scoring. Jason Tatum will as well. Kawhi Leonard, uh, I mean, he's of course a crab scorer. He can hit any fadeaway he gets. I mean, we all saw that one shot against the 76ers in that final game of the Eastern Conference Finals years ago where... He ended up winning a championship. Um, Joel Embiid, he's been good from all levels. From behind the arc, he's even off the dribble, even. He's been shooting threes, and that is, of course, the modern era of the NBA where big men have to shirk that responsibility of scoring. Off their bench comes Devin Booker, Julius Randle, Nikola Vucevic, James Harden, Zach Levine, Zion Williamson, and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, James Harden will, of course, probably start. I I misspoke there, but this is just the who's on the team. I don't think they necessarily have locked in starters yet. But James Harden, I can imagine, is going to start over a Jason Tatum or even a Bradley Beal. Uh, these are all good players. Julius Randle's a good player. Vucevic is a good player. And Zion. So this might be a team that can out-rebound with Joel, Zion, Vucevic, Randle, even Kawhi with those big old hands of his. Uh, they they can definitely play, and this will definitely be competitive. However, I just don't see the talent on Team Durant stacking up against the Team uh, LeBron. And of course, this All Star game will take place March seventh at uh, eight p.m. Eastern time. So that'll be seven p. or excuse me, not seven p.m. Uh, yeah, it will be actually at seven p.m. Uh, Central time. In State Farm Arena in Atlanta, it'll air on TNT. So, if you want to check that out, all that information is available online. And the spread, actually, if you want to check that out for Team LeBron, is a minus three and a half. So, I think my prediction might actually be correct on this. (laughs) Uh, Now, moving on, let's talk about those players who were snubbed from the All Star team, and I'll give you my takes on that. Uh, Starting off, chief among them, I think, in the Eastern Conference was uh, Trey Young. Now, Trey Young, I think, is an elite offensive talent. I I do not want to stress that. I, I want to stress that beyond anyone's belief. He can knock it down just like Steph Curry can, and he has an elite arsenal of shooting. However... As of right now in his career, he has not contributed to winning basketball, and I think that is evident in the Hawks' record in a not as good as the Western Conference, Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference, it is easier to make it into the playoffs. You don't even have to be playing 500 basketball to get in that 7th and 8th seed, as seen right now. Both the Heat and uh, the Hornets, who are in that playoffs. those two playoff spots, are playing below 500 basketball, whereas in the West, you had to be playing well over to even make it into that eighth seed. Uh, Ultimately, though, I don't think he was snubbed. I think he didn't deserve it this year. He's a young player. He has many all-star games ahead of him. He had one last year. I I don't see why that's not enough for people. Fans of the Hawks, you can get on to me on this in my Twitter mentions, whatever you want. But uh, I really do not see him as an all-star this season, especially after the, the start that the Hawks have gotten off to. Maybe they can win more games in the second half of the season. I just don't see them as a playoff team. Even with that weird signing of Rajon Rondo, I don't know why their ownership thought that was a good idea. Rajon Rondo doesn't turn up in the regular season for the Lakers, let alone the Atlanta Hawks. He never would. He never will, and I really just think that was a very, very Dumb move from the uh, Hawks organization. Hopefully they can ship him off, though, to where he can play for a championship-level team this season and get his bag and maybe another ring for Rondo. Another snub that we can look into uh, that I think is a, a fair criticism is Mike Conley. Now, Mike Conley is of course, the starting point guard for the number one in the NBA, not just the Western Conference, in the NBA power rankings, Utah Jazz. So there's the argument of, oh, one of the best players on one of the best teams. Uh, why isn't he even in the conversation? And, and, and that's a fair criticism. I think it's truly fair, but he is the third best player on this team, and i I say this with the utmost respect to Mike Conley. He is one of my favorite players. I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan, and I will try and keep that out of this podcast as much as possible. Remain as objective as possible in this. But Mike Conley is someone who has never gotten his uh, flowers for for what he's done in his career. I mean, he pushed the, the Memphis Grizzlies along with Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, and Marc Gasol, and uh, Rudy Gay, too, a Western Conference Finals at one point in his career. And I mean, just two seasons ago, or three Mike Conley at one point was signed to the highest paying contract in the NBA over any other player. Now is he deserving of that contract? In my opinion, yes, because Mike Conley is an elite player. He is a point guard who makes all the right moves at the right time. He can score. He's reliable. He is one of those steady point guards who everyone wants on their team, and he's a great teammate. He's a team player through and through. He's never been on a team where he's the star, and he doesn't need to be. And, and that's why I say, no, I don't think it was a snub. I, I think it's a fair criticism to say he's one of the best players. Why isn't he in here over uh, some of these better players? But it's it, he's in the Western Conference now. That's competitive to get into that All-Star game, just like it's competitive to even get in the playoffs. And Mike Conley, I have the utmost respect for him. And I will always remember him because I don't see it happening next year as one of the players in the NBA, one of the best players in the NBA to never be named to an all-star team. And, and I think a lot of people will remember him historically as that. And I hope that's the case because tying it back into Arkansas, uh, Mike Conley, his father, Mike Conley Sr., Uh, did go here to the University of Arkansas. He ran track and field. He mainly competed in the double jump and triple jump events and is actually a medalist, an Olympic medalist, uh, in double jump and triple jump, to my knowledge. Uh, We have a statue of him here at Bud Walton Arena because I'm pretty sure in his freshman year he played a little bit for the uh, basketball team. Of course, that may have passed down in his genes to Mike Conley Jr. of the Utah Jazz, who... uh, As seen as recently as uh, two summers ago was working out here at the University of Arkansas Fayetteville tie-in just want that real quick but um, I'm a huge fan of Mike Conley I'm a huge fan and no it was not an all-star snub but there is some validity to how deserving he is of recognition within this league because he is a great player that just most of the time goes unrecognized and shout out Mike Conley that's all I'll say Now two other snubs that a lot of people brought up, which now it's kind of a moot point to even say, but uh, Devin Booker is the first one I'll get to. Devin Booker, of course, now uh, earning his all-star spot with the absence of Anthony Davis, is an all-star for the uh, Western Conference. But did he get snubbed initially? My argument is no, because... I think he's not the best player on his team. That Phoenix Suns team is stacked. Not not stacked necessarily, but I mean, you have Chris Paul at the top. And Chris Paul is that top dog who's contributing to winning mostly. And without Chris Paul, that team didn't win. Uh, I think it's fair to say that if he hadn't made it, that it would be a snob. But with his inclusion now, I don't see it as a snub because there are so many good players in that Western Conference who weren't named and who were named and I don't think I could put Devin Booker necessarily above any of them now for the Eastern Conference my biggest snub of the whole entire thing was DeMontis Sabonis now once again is it a snub? I'd say no I don't think it is I, I, there's so many good players in the league right now could I have put him above a Julius Randle who brought the New York Knicks, a sorry franchise, into the fifth seed in the NBA? No, I couldn't do that because Julius Randle is playing out of his mind. There is one player I could put him above, actually. Let me take that. Let me reel it back in here. Nikola Vucevic is not deserving of an all-star spot. Yes, he is putting up stats, but the Orlando Magic are just not in the playoff picture remotely this year. Of course, they're missing one of their young stars, Jonathan Isaac, but that's no excuse when to be named to an all-star team with such a losing record is kind of dumbfounding, Uh, especially noting he was picked over DeMontis Sabonis. DeMontis Sabonis, of course, not playing that great of winning basketball either, but putting up some amazing stats in some winning games. Uh, I would have put DeMontis Sabonis above Nikola Vucevic, but... Once again, another moot point because he was named an all-star in the absence of Kevin Durant. Uh, So that's it for the all-star snubs. I mean, tell me what you think. You can tweet me at Ben Sawyer's MEM, at Ben Sawyer's MEM, standing for Memphis, of course, my hometown. Uh, So let's get into our next topic then. So this next topic is going to be, are NBA refs a problem? Now, refs are a problem in all leagues. I know particularly to – not St. Louis. Uh, I know particularly to New Orleans Saints fans, refs are a problem in the NFL, costing them a lot of uh, trips to the Super Bowl, as their fans will say. And and I understand the validity of uh, accusing refs of costing teams games Especially in clutch moments and situations, but generally it's not a notion I agree with. I think if you were going to win the game, you wouldn't have been put in a position to where a ref could affect it, anyways. Uh, but I will say, in the NBA, in recent weeks, I've begun to question my own stance on that, particularly in regard to a game the other night against from between the Jazz and the 76ers where Donovan Mitchell, as I mentioned earlier in elite young town in the league was ejected during an overtime game between the two number one seeds in the league in their respective conferences. It's hard to put a finger on why he was ejected, especially since these uh, refs don't necessarily have to justify their calls. I mean, especially with technicals. He was hit up with two technicals. Uh, fouled. They, they said that Rudy Gobert fouled Joel Embiid. Donovan Mitchell freaked out. Uh, Donovan Mitchell said what he said. I, no one really knows. It's all speculation as to what he said, but he was teed up for it. And, of course, he tossed the ball back to an official in a way I guess it was not deemed appropriate, and he was ejected with since he got two technicals. It's an automatic, It's an immediate, excuse me, ejection. Uh, I really think it's overblown, the technicals that are being called in this league. And I'm not one of those, uh, I'm not a frat boy here coming at you and saying, oh, the league is soft now. I- I'm really coming from a place of, I understand why some of these calls are made to prevent injury and to uh, really make sure the game is being played in a fair way and you're abiding by the rules. I I'm, I'm someone who stands for that. But I'm not standing for players being ejected for emotions that are brought out on the court. What do you want them to not win? It's it's a, it's quite it, it's a real problem when you are punishing players for frustration, especially when refs are being the judge, jury and executioner on this were are there making calls that do affect games, and I can cite specific sources. I mean, that Donovan Mitchell game, that game where Donovan Mitchell was ejected, excuse me, uh, it, it clearly affects it. When the best player on that team is Donovan Mitchell, and he's ejected, when they're down by four, and he's teed up, giving them foul shots, it's not right for the refs to basically call that game and say the 76ers win because they have both their players. They have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and now Joel Embiid is going to line to shoot around five free throws. Uh, It's not a good precedent to set. And then you also have instances where big market teams like the Lakers are going against the teams like uh, a Memphis Grizzlies where the officiating is ridiculous. We saw in a nationally broadcast game the other night a couple weeks ago where LeBron James shot more free throws than the entire Memphis Grizzlies team. And that's a problem when you have star players who are able just to get those calls off of ridiculous situations. And and flopping, of course, has become a problem in the NBA in recent seasons, and there needs to be more of a crackdown on that, uh, more fines given out. I don't care what the NBA does. It just needs to stop. And, and there's... There's the real issue at the heart of this is there is no feasible solution for the NBA to do. A lot of people have said, oh, the NBA could go and do uh, post-game press conferences for the officials, which you might say, oh, that sounds like a great idea. But as so aptly pointed out by anyone with a background in PR – could tell you is that's a disaster that's a nightmare waiting to happen because if they said I made the wrong call and I cost this team the game and that's their honest truth that's not okay (laughs) you'd have to have a PR staff come out and say this is the call that was made this was correct because of this this and this it wouldn't be fun for anyone no one really tune in there there's no benefit there for the NBA to do that so ultimately that's not a fix and the there isn't a great fix for any of this. Mostly because it's all completely subjective. Uh, I mean, foul calls in general are something that uh, can be argued, can be argued day in and day out. And there's one rule I would say I want to change in the NBA. I'd want to change in the NBA, which is uh, if a coach challenges in the NBA, it should be just like the NFL. If their challenge is correct, then they should get that challenge back and be able to use it in the future. But in the NBA, they have it to where if you use a challenge and it's wrong, you don't have it. If you use a challenge and it's right, yeah, you get the call you get the ball back, you get possession, you get free throws, whatever. but you don't get that challenge back and it can bite you later when let's say somebody's fouled on a three pointer and you need to use that challenge. Uh, it, it can really cost you points and knowing when to use that challenge is just so more so much more difficult when you know I'm not getting this back. This is my one opportunity. I might want to save it for a clutch situation. It's honestly a bad rule, and I really think the NBA should change that. Well, that is all the time I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in to this first episode of the Ben Sawyer's NBA Show on KXUA, 88.3 FM, the eclectic destination of the Ozarks, and the student-run radio station of the University of Arkansas. I really appreciate it. You can find this on KHUA's website, khua.com, or Spotify.com. I will be posting it to both, and I really am looking forward to hearing back from you guys at Ben Sawyers Mem on Twitter, at B.R. Sawyers on Instagram. Let me know what you think. If you've got any questions, send them over. If you're interested in other podcasts like this, khua.com is a great resource to find other podcasts. You have Razorback on air and other sports podcast with Heath Anderson and Drew Watsky. You have the student media podcast produced by Heidi Kirk, the director of strategic media here at the University of Arkansas. And you have other ones like Who Are You with Greer Babione, who uh, that one's always just so fun to listen to. Uh, she brings in people every week of different backgrounds surrounding the University of Arkansas and just interviews them. It is a great time listening to it all these are great podcasts i implore you to tune in and thank you for again listening to this podcast this first time and have a great day